Welcome back to another episode of Nothing But Net, presented by Deep Dive Sports. Uh, we are officially in the offseason now, um, and I have myself, Evan, and Nick here. We're going to talk about a little bit about the wrap-up to, to the finals, uh, what happened since the last episode that we recorded, and then we're going to talk about uh, some of the trades that have gone down um, and maybe get a little bit into the draft that will be happening actually in a couple hours as of when we're recording this. Um so I guess we can just hop right into the finals. Um, so I think when we recorded, I want to say it was like tied 1-1. Um, obviously, a lot has changed since then um, with with Denver winning the last three games to win the finals over the Heat 4-1. to And I mean, I kind of just thought that the Denver, Denver in those last three games just really showed that they were better and the best all-around team uh, in the league. Um, but I wanted to see what, what thoughts you had, if you had anything you wanted to add on that, what your thoughts were about Denver, you know, getting it done, uh, anything you wanted to to talk about? I mean, I don't know. I, I thought Miami would kind of dog themselves out of this a little bit, but it, I don't know. I, it just didn't seem like Jimmy Butler had enough either gas in the tank or he was really able to, I don't know, maybe he was a little fraudulent. I, I don't know. So <laughs> But I definitely think the Miami Heat need to kind of reload and, and see where they're at. But, I mean, listen, the, this Denver team, if they can keep that that core group together and uh, maybe add a few younger pieces to kind of stay young going forward, I think that, uh, I don't know, that's that's a team that could probably win a couple more championships over the next, like, four or five years. So, Yeah, definitely. They're, they're, still, they're still a young team, especially in terms of, like, a team that is coming off of a championship. Um, and... You know, a lot of the core they do have wrapped up pretty long term. I think the the only person that is not under contract for next year is Bruce Brown, um, and he had a player option. He declined it, uh, but there is a possibility that they could bring him back. Um, he could get more money somewhere else, but you know, you never know. He may want to stay um, around in Denver, sign a shorter term deal at least for this year, and then you know probably get rewarded with a bigger contract in a couple of years. I think similar to like. I think Bobby Portis did a similar mm-hmm. thing in, in Milwaukee and they're kind of a similar role player on that type of championship team. So I could definitely see that happening yeah. again um, with Miami. Yeah. I mean, I expected him to be, I, I kind of thought it was going to go nuggets in like six, um, especially after Miami won that game too. I kind of expected it to be a little more back and forth, but like you said, I do think they kind of ran out of gas and I know there were some, there was, some talks about Jimmy Butler like having some kind of nagging ankle injury, ankle thing. Um, I'm surprised more didn't come out about that because I feel like normally, like just from a PR side of things, I feel like normally after a player, like if they have some small injury and then they don't play well, I feel like it's normally like, oh, this injury was actually worse than we originally said. Kind of like when um, LeBron punched the whiteboard and broke his hand. And mm-hmm. then, like, it didn't come out till after the finals that, like, his hand was actually broken or whatever. So I kind of expected to get something like that. Um, but but even so, like, he 
he was carrying them and like they were an eight seed i think some people like once we got to the finals and once denver won kind of forgot about that fact and was like oh man miami like didn't like miami were were frauds or miami like didn't deserve to be here and like you can say what you want they you know maybe with the honest injury got a little bit lucky but that's always going to happen to some extent and they still beat the celtics i mean that's yeah (laughs) i i just think like it it's one of those things where you know i don't know I, i guess relying on your undrafted guys only gets you so far and not saying that those guys aren't you know really good basketball players but you can't be relying on your primary scorer can't be you know an undrafted guy i think that's the thing too is like I think in the finals, Jimmy Butler didn't really step up the way that he mm-hmm. needed to. And, you know, I think Bam did a really good job. I just think yeah. if Jimmy would have stepped up a little bit more, I think, because those games weren't like, they weren't blown out the heat or anything. Right. Right. Um, Especially they were, that last game was really close when they yeah. ended up pulling away. So you, you really got to look at your guy and be like, are you, and I think the heat, you know, obviously they'll probably stick with Jimmy because I just don't think there's another person they could probably go out and get at this point mm-hmm. that could really solidify that team but you know I don't know if Jimmy's really that guy to be the number one guy on a team I think he could be like he could be like your Draymond Green Marcus Smart kind of guy um, you know but I just don't know if he can really be that guy that's like I need you in the next you know seven games even though you're tired of shit to go out there and <laughs> give me you know 40 points right and I just don't think he's that guy he's not he's not a very efficient shooter so I don't know. It'll be interesting going forward to see kind of how they build because I just don't know where else they go. Obviously, Tyler Hero coming back and being healthy will help out and give him another mm-hmm. scoring option, but they have to have really kind of a, a number one dude to to look at. I know Lillard was a guy they were looking at maybe, but I just don't know how possible that is. Yeah, I think that's a good point too that you talk that you bring up Tyler Hero because he wasn't obviously uh, available for the playoff run and. I think it's possible that Jimmy could, you know, play really well in a final series and could be your number one guy, but he couldn't do it for the whole playoffs, I think. Like, I think we saw that where he's one of the oldest guys on the team besides, you know, Udonis and Lowry and Love, but the the oldest main guys on the team. Um, And so I think maybe if they had had Tyler Hero, um, Bam played really well, but even if he took on more of a scoring load, earlier on in the playoffs, Jimmy might've had a bit more in the tank to, to get it done or at least make it closer. But again, still just coming from an eight seed to, to getting to the finals, you know, beating the Celtics, beating the Bucks, um, even a tough Knicks team is, is still an incredible run. And it was, it was cool to be able to see because I had always heard about the Knicks team. I think it was 99. That was the eight seed that made it to the finals. And I was like, how did that happen? You know, <laughs> And it was cool to kind of see that something that'll probably be ta- talked about, you know, at least for years to come. That was cool to witness. Other things that were that I thought were really cool to to witness, um, some some small nuggets from I believe game three, but that game where Jokic and Murray both had those thirty point triple doubles. Um, some facts about that: they were the first teammates in NBA Finals history to have thirty point triple doubles like separately, and they did it in the same game, which had never happened even in separate games. And then they're the first teammates to have an NBA history playoffs or regular season to have a 30 point triple double in the same game, which, which is kind of crazy. And Jamal Murray did kind of get like, he was at nine rebounds for a long time. And then he kind of got one with like 12 seconds left or something, but still like 
one rebound, you know, doesn't make that big of a difference. But they both were were absolutely incredible. And I think uh, on the other side, what we were saying about Miami, this was also just a a really dominant run by the Nuggets and specifically Jokic. I think one that's going to be remembered for for a long time. But uh, move, moving on from that, unless you have anything else you you want to add on the finals. We'll get into uh, the past couple of days. There's actually been some some big trades that have come about, uh, including one that happened about 15, 20 minutes before we started recording here. But we'll we'll start with the Bradley Beal Phoenix Sun trade. Um, and so, in terms of the details of that, we had the Suns receiving, of course, Bradley Beal. They also got Jordan Goodwin and Isaiah Todd from the Wizards, where the Wizards got Chris Paul for the moment, uh, Landry Shamit. Uh, multiple second round picks. I think it just came out that it was six second round picks mm-hmm. um, and four pick swaps from the Suns to the uh, Wizards. So I just wanted to ask your thoughts kind of on on both sides of this. What do you feel about this trade for both teams? I mean, as we'll see, the Wizards won't hold on to uh, Chris Paul <laughs> for very long. But um, I think this kind of starts their rebuilding era. We'll kind of talk about another trade that involves the Wizards too. Mm -hmm. They're going to be very active. They're going to sell on a lot of their players. Like I would not be surprised. I think because Kyle Kuzma is up for contract this year, maybe Um, they probably won't bring him back. So he'll probably be a coveted free agent uh, this year. And I think, I don't know. I mean, the Suns bringing in Bradley Beal was one of those where you're like, I mean, clearly they just didn't care about the new you know, cap <laughs> rules and stuff. Uh, so they're they're clearly going all in this year. I think that's that's their realistic possible their realistic outlook right now is they're going in all like all the way. I think the other thing is is that they look at this squad and you know you don't have to play all four of those guys at one time during the regular season. I think that's like the biggest thing is like you could get away with, you know, playing three at a time and resting one and you could win you could still win enough games to be like the fourth or fifth seed and then all those guys can play you know going through the playoffs and and kind of tear your way through i mean you're looking at three guys that could average over 20 points this season i mean we've clearly seen that devin booker and you know kevin durant even if kevin durant being 35 he could still average about 30 you know Mm -hmm. points a game so i mean we're looking at like i said three guys that could average 25 easy in a season. And then DeAndre Ayton can be their, you know, defensive anchor, I guess. I, I still think they trade him this offseason mm-hmm. um, to try to get like three, maybe even four like role player guys that can be on that team, maybe some draft picks. I don't know who is like a great fit. I heard I've kind of seen some reports that maybe the Knicks are a good fit. Like they send him to the Knicks for um, oh, who's their big that's there. Uh, Mitchell Robinson. Robinson. So they send they send them do a Mitchell Robinson DeAndre Ayton swap. Josh Hart would be a part of that, and then maybe like a couple picks. I think that would be good for the Suns. Mitchell Robinson can do a lot of the defensive stuff that DeAndre Ayton is doing, and he's not going to demand the ball to score. And then Josh Hart is a really good three and D kind of guy. Um, so they get two really good role players, and they get some assets back in return that I think they could use to draft some younger <laughs> people to be on that team. But yeah. Regardless, I mean, that's like I said, you you have a big three that is not going to have a problem scoring. It's going to be the defending side of it that in the depth side of that team that's really going to show. Um, I still think Kevin Durant's probably one of the more fraudulent superstars that we've ever had. Super talented. 
you know, one of the best, I think, offensive talents that we've seen in the NBA. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I equate him to like the Aaron Rodgers of, of basketball, <laughs> like super talented, but can never get it done. Never seems to really be there when it matters. Um, and Kevin Durant's only won two championships with guys that already won, you know, two before yeah. he got <laughs> Right. So I just I don't I don't know I'll I'll have to see it you know we've seen I saw this thing was like Kevin Durant's played was like he's blown like the super team idea out of the mm-hmm. water talking <laughs> about he had Harden and Westbrook at one point and then he went to the Warriors with Steph and Clay and Draymond and, and then he went to the Nets with Kyrie and then Harden yeah. <laughs> and then he went you know back he went to the Suns and now he had Booker and Chris Paul and Aiton and now he has Bradley Beal. It's just like, <laughs> I don't crazy. know. I don't, I don't, you, he's done, he's done so much to try to get it done. And I think a lot of it falls on him, but I don't know this, this deal will, we'll have to see what this looks like come playoff time. If this really works out and if they really can stay healthy. Yeah. I, I definitely felt like conflicted and kind of saw both positive and negatives in it. I, kind of agree with you on on seeing how it plays out because I kind of when I was thinking about this and a lot of people give like you know trade grades and stuff like that I I was like for me it's just an incomplete right now because I agree with you that I think they're going to move DeAndre Ayton um, to try to get some more depth because right now I mean they I think they have the only guys they have under contract are those three Beal, uh, Booker, KD they have Ayton um, and then they have I think think ish Wainwright maybe still and then Goodwin and Todd who they just got back in the trade those are their only people under contract right now um which is kind of crazy you know not even considering like injury history from KD and Beal some of the injuries may have been a bit more like at the end of the season kind of taking type injuries but you know you never really know and so yeah I feel like they're going to trade eight in um I I don't know how much they can get back for him. I think, like you said, three like role players. It depends on who it would be. I think maybe even if they can get two solid role players and get a couple picks, because they have no picks now, um, no first-round picks um, anyways, and I don't think they have any seconds after sending out all those, those you guys, You think, like, realistically, what? Because I think the reason they did this trade trade for Bradley Beal was Bradley Beal wanted to go to the Suns to begin with, so they knew they wouldn't mm-hmm. have to give up a ton. They wanted to get right. rid of Chris Paul anyway, but I just don't think the the market was that good for DeAndre Ayton. Because when you look at like right. the landscape of everything, like the Knicks make sense, okay, but who else? I mean, maybe Dallas, but can Dallas give you back a package that's good enough to really make sense? And does Dallas mm-hmm. want to give up all of that? Um, I don't know. But other than that, I just don't see where he would fit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because it, it doesn't I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't The I don't one know. I was thinking of is because he, Aiton was a restricted free agent in the offseason and and Indiana did give him a big offer, which Phoenix matched. Now, things could have changed. Indiana might because Miles Turner did have a good season again, so they might not, mm-hmm. not want him anymore. But you know, if they could ship him off to Indiana, even get somebody like, you know, TJ McConnell would be a good, like, off-the-bench player for them. Um, I mean, if, even if, if they, they could get Buddy Heald or probably wouldn't be able to get Miles Turner at this point, but, you know, you never know. I mean, know. Depends, on, depends on what they're willing to give up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think that's the thing, too, is, like, I feel like you could do a DeAndre Ayton for 
Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, and maybe a TJ McConnell. I feel like that's a pretty good, the money would work out. You know, the Pacers would be able to have like a, a franchise setting center. Like I, mm-hmm. I, as much as DeAndre Ayton kind of gets crapped on, like he's a, he's a good player. I just think he, he's one of those offensive guys that needs the offense to be built around him as a big man. Yeah. He's going to need to be like a Joel Embiid where they're going to have to work in feeding him the ball. Um, and he could play, he's a really good defensive player too. So yeah. I think with him and then obviously, um, Indiana has uh, Halliburton. Yeah, and I then, think he would fit well with Halliburton. Oh, what's their rookie from this last year? I can't think of his name. Uh, Mathurin, Benedict Mathurin. Yeah, there you go. That would be a good, like, I think, I don't know if that team would necessarily win the East, but I think that they could make the play-in or even the playoffs um, with that big, with that three, you know what I mean? I don't want to call them a big three yet, but with that, yeah. that, 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 like, their three core players at that point, I think that would be a good trade for them. The Suns would get back. You know, Miles Turner, who could be, he's not going to demand the ball to score, mm-hmm. kind of like a Mitchell Robinson, and he's going to play good defense. And then they get, you know, two good role players that can come off the bench um, or even start at times when you're resting those other those other guys. So, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested in that. In terms of just like two, um, at first I was like, well, this just seems so redundant because it's Bradley Beal is, is mainly gets a lot of his points in the mid range, which is similar to Kevin Durant, similar to Devin Booker. Um, and so I was like, you know, that seems a bit redundant. And also the Suns last year, the reason they lost wasn't because they didn't have enough star power. They just didn't have enough depth. I mean, Kevin, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker had amazing playoff runs, but they just didn't have enough guys who, other outside of them, once they were getting double teamed every time, need those guys who can make an open shot, and they didn't really have that last time. This, um, we're we're in the we're in like the load management era. So like, what's the the amount of games you need to qualify for awards is like sixty five, right? Sixty five for next year. Yeah. Sixty five. So I mean, I would guarantee that during the regular season that those three, you know, I think they play fifty games together max. I think the rest of it, you'll see them each like you'll see them each play 66 games total as long as they're healthy. So they yeah. can qualify for those awards, like right. get their super maxes and stuff like that. They can make the all-star, you know what I mean? Those kinds of things. But I I think realistically you see those guys play 66 games max total. They play maybe 50 games together. And then the other, you know, 16 games that those guys play, it's going to be a combination of, you know, two or one or three. And they'll be okay doing that because they know that they're going to be, going to be getting the rest especially when it comes to Kevin and, and Bradley Beal um, just because when it comes playoff time those guys are all going to be playing you know 38 40 minutes a game in the playoffs because they're not going to really want to yeah. trust anybody else sure. when it comes playoff time yeah I mean it's definitely uh, definitely loading up on on scoring and offense and um, obviously Beal's a great scorer Katie we know is a great scorer Booker we know is a great scorer but it's also interesting to see how the defense will work out. Now they do have Frank Vogel now, who is a defensive-minded coach, and and Kevin Durant, I think, especially as an underrated defender. Um, but I don't know. It'll just it'll just be interesting, and maybe maybe if we see Devin Booker and Beal not have to do as much, or it's really the three of them not have to carry the load offensively. You know, they can share it. Maybe they get a bit more effort on defense. So uh, it, I don't know. It's just it's hard to see what it's going to look like until it happens, especially because we just coming off of the Nets big three, which I think was even a better fit because you had James Harden, who was a really good playmaker, you know, leading the leading league and assist type guy 
which Bradley Beal's not that guy. I mean, he can pass, but he's not he's not that guy. And it, it's the games obviously aren't played on paper, and we've seen that. So, um, you know, we'll see if we'll see if they can be successful. Even right now, though, I just coming off of how good of a playoff when they had, I'd probably still have Denver ahead of them in the West, but they probably would be, you know, two for me right now going into next season, although there a lot can change, uh, you know, coming into, coming into the regular season there. But I, I think if they can replace Aiden with a guy who can play almost like pretty much as good defensively. And then a couple mm-hmm. other role players, I think that they would be my favorite. And I know like Denver, has Jokic but he can only do so much you mm-hmm. know what I mean and if you if they can be smart with those minimum contracts they bring in by bringing in guys that can just put a body on them during the game um, like Murray's good but I think realistically you could you could push him off his game too and then having those three guys like I said you have three guys now that could just go off for 40 whenever they wanted and 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 I just don't I don't know how you stop that i don't know because i mean they could just not play defense and then score the whole game and and how you know how many teams can score 150 points in a game like realistically i I don't know you know what i mean because if each of those three guys goes off for like 30 40 points i mean (laughs) i don't even know what that really looks like yeah for sure we're we're talking about like a 2k game where you have it on rookie i I don't know (laughs) so for sure for sure and kind of my assumption with denver is that you know the guys that stepped up in the playoffs will continue to play well. And sometimes with role players, it, you know, they can have their ebbs and flows. So, um, you know, we'll never obviously know what it'll be even, you know, probably until, until the playoffs come around next year. Cause we've seen regular season uh, doesn't always mean as much as we think um, even in this past playoff run, but uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see. And then uh, moving to, to another contender, but on the opposite side of the, uh, of the NBA is the Kristaps Porzingis trade um, or the Marcus Smart trade, whichever you really want to call it. But um, <laughs> the Celtics got Kristaps Porzingis. Um, they also got the Grizzlies number 25 pick uh, in this year's draft. And they got a Warriors top four protected pick in the 2024 draft uh, that the Grizzlies had. And then of course the Grizzlies got Marcus Smart. And the Wizards, um, of course, wheeling and dealing as they as they've been doing, um, is get Tyus Jones, uh, the thirty fifth pick in this year's draft, and then also Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala. Um, so of course, the the Celtics add some firepower. The Grizzlies add some veteran leadership, which you know I think can be mutual mutually beneficial for both teams. But what are your thoughts? Um, on this trade really probably more so from those two sides. We know we kind of discuss what the wizards are doing, just selling, but for the Celtics and Grizzlies, um, what are your thoughts on the trade? Um, I'm going to start with the wizards because I, I think they might be setting themselves up like nicely because what, what people don't really understand is like, yes, people are trading all their pieces around to try to get under the cap, but it's only going to get more stringent as we go on with time. Um, and the Wizards are setting themselves up to basically be one of the only teams with cap space next oh, summer. Um, so when a lot of these teams kind of look at these expiring contracts for these players and not everybody's able to move pieces around and stuff like that, and a lot of these guys start hitting free agency, which is what they want. They want the talent to be spread out more. The Wizards are going to be able to sit there and they're going to be like, look, we have all these young guys. 
<laughs> and they're pretty decent. You know, hopefully they draft well, right? Mm-hmm. We have a ton of money. They could bring in two or three guys, surround them with those young guys, and then they can be a competitive team. Now, then, theory, that's how that would work. But I don't know. I, I think that's kind of what their game plan is at this point because, you know, they shipped off Christopher Zingas. They shipped off Bradley Beal. We'll talk about Chris Paul here in a minute. They <laughs> did not hold on to him too long. Um, but I just I think that they're just filling themselves out with a lot of veteran players who have expiring contracts and they're loading up on on a bunch of picks so they can try to, um, I don't know, build out a young team and then go out there and spend some money in free agency in the following couple seasons. So we'll have to see that. The Marcus Smart trade is interesting to me um, only because I just I don't really get it from I feel like he's like a. Draymond Green kind of guy where like he's not going to be your best player on your team. He might not even right. be your third best player on your team, but what he adds leadership wise and motivation wise is something that is just so valuable. So when I heard that they were that originally this trade was similar, but with Malcolm Brogdon going to the Clippers mm-hmm. that fell through. Um, so now that's kind of awkward. Ako taco for Malcolm Brogdon. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but then Marcus Smart came into that. And I listen, I know they got two firsts out of it, which shows how good of a player he is and how good of a leader he is that, you know, Memphis really wanted him. And, and ultimately, this is kind of like a jaw replacement for that first like 25 games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is a guy that could come off the bench or play an extra jaw when it when it really matters. And and he's just a motivational guy. I think this will be huge. Um, especially for a locker room that needs a mature presence that can help yeah, them grow up. And definitely. maybe somebody, I think that they really bought Marcus Smart and gave a little bit more than what other people might have because they wanted somebody to be like, Marcus, Jaw is now your responsibility. <laughs> you make them right. Like, I just think that that's, a, that, that's exactly what they're doing. They're like, this is, this is your, this is your guy. You, you fix him because what we've said isn't working. So hopefully you can get through to him and you can make him realize what he has to lose and, and what he has to play for. And I think that's the real reason they brought him in and, and the Celtics got two first out of it in this time where they can't keep everybody. They're going to have to pay Jalen Brown. They just brought in Chris Stapps. So somebody had to go and Brogdon mm-hmm. really only has, I think another year on his deal. So they're, they can get out of that in a year. Um, Marcus Smart was probably going to want to get paid soon too. So I don't know. The Christoph Porzingis deal for the Celtics though, bringing in an actual big, that's I think the one thing that we've talked about over and over again about the Celtics is like, yes, you have, you know, those two guys who can really kind of score and, and, you know, they have their leadership has been kind of iffy, Mm -hmm. but they haven't had a big, you know, they've been relying on, Al Horford for all these years to kind of be that stretch big that they need, that defensive anchor. And I, you know, as good as he's been, he's just not, <laughs> he's, he's not going to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so bringing in Chris Stapps is, I think, is a really good move. He's not going to be expected to score a ton of points. You know, he's going to be expected to stretch the floor, you know, bang around on the inside a little bit um, and just be, just be a big. And I think that that adds depth at their, their big spot that kind of, I you know I think um, oh, Wendy from ESPN Brian mm-hmm. Winhorse there you go can't think of his actual name Brian Winhorse <laughs> you know he made a good comment about how it like balances out their roster they did have a ton of like guards you know so this you know getting rid of Marcus Smart um, and bringing in Kristaps Porzingis that kind of balances them out that really 
you know, says, hey, this is everybody's role. Like, this is what you're going to play now. You know, we don't have four guards now. We have like two or three, you know what I mean? So this is this is where we're at. And I think that that's super important. It kind of defines the roles. And yeah, all around, I would say that this is a pretty decent trade. I think everybody got what they needed out of it. Um, sucks the Celtics lost Marcus Smart, but, you know, that's the price of uh, of doing business and, and what the new CBA is right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I agree with, with most everything that you said there. I think this will be even, you know, in, in a couple of years, looking back, I think this will be one of those trades where, yeah, it seems, it seems to have been beneficial for all the teams involved. Um, like you said about, about the Celtics with Porzingis, I think it, it's a good trade because they do have Robert Williams for the defensive side of things. Um, I mean, Christoph Porzingis isn't the worst defender in the world, but he's not amazing either um and so it's almost like i think it's almost like they see alverford getting up there in age they love what he does for the team but they know he's not going to be able to do it forever and chris saps is basically like they're just bringing in like a a little bit zooped up al williams at the or al horford i mean at this point um you know he can stretch the floor he can shoot but he can also go down low and score he had a really good season probably one of the best he had one all-star year in New York, so maybe not the best, but one of the best years of his career actually this past year in Washington, although not a lot of people were watching it. Um, but he did have uh, a great season and he seems to be rejuvenated a little bit. And I would have to imagine that he continues to to play well um, going to a contender like Boston. So like that for them, um, like you said about Marcus Smart, he's kind of what the Grizzlies really needed in that ve- veteran presence. Of course, it helps that he'll be out there. Um, if they had to give up Tyus Jones, who was their good backup point guard, at least he'll, they'll have Smart um, for those 25 games in the regular season. That jaw is going to be out. As well as, I heard someone say, Marcus Smart is all brings all of the actual good things about Dylan Brooks without too much of the bad. Like, <laughs> Marcus Smart, you know, brings that hard-nosed defense. I mean, this guy won Defensive Player of the Year, uh, two seasons ago. Um, he is going to be a strong veteran leader. He's a vocal guy in the locker room that, you know, players do respect. And so I think those were the the good parts of Dylan Brooks where, however, we've seen Marcus Smart, I think, is smarter with, in, than Dylan Brooks. And when he knows when to stop all the talking and to stop all, you know, the shenanigans and just, just focus on playing on the court. Like, I don't think Marcus Smart if he's in Dylan Brooks shoes goes out there and, and pokes the bear, so to speak with LeBron um, and causes that, that whole, you know, fiasco for, for the Grizzlies. So I think it is a really good pickup for them. I do think, like you said, I, I do agree that it might've been a bit more, they might've given up a bit more value for Marcus smart than what his like, I guess market would be for other teams, but it's really what the Grizzlies needed. And so, you know, it, it makes sense. And it's not like they're giving up, um, you know, crazy picks. We That Warriors pick in 2024, you know, who knows where, where that could end up. But at least it's not going to be top four. And then their own pick, twenty the 25th pick, you know, it, it's not like they're giving up high picks. So it is two first-round draft picks, but it's not like, you know, they're giving up two top 10 picks most likely. So um, that was good for them. And then, yeah, for the Wizards, I mean, they get, they get Tyus Jones, who's a good player. Uh, he was probably one of the best backup point guards in the league. 
what they'll probably what I imagine they do for him is have him start, have him play really well for the first half of the season, and then try to flip him again at the deadline would be my guess. Um, you know, if they're still trying to get younger, which I think we know they are. Of course, getting a 35th pick in, in this upcoming draft, which has been talked about as a really deep draft, um, I think will help them to just have another young guy. And then, you know, Gallinari and, and Muscala, they might be able to, again, move those guys after showing them off a little bit more in, in bigger roles than they had in Boston, with which I guess that Gallinari was out the whole season, so he didn't really have much of a role. But those are another pieces that, that they could ship off later. And um, at first, I was kind of... The only thing about the Wizards. I like what they're doing now, um, and they did get new front office uh, leadership this past offseason, so it kind of makes sense that now's the time, but if they would have just done this one year earlier and they could have tanked this past year, this is such a good draft class. I mean, you never know. They could have tanked. They could have got Victor. They could have got Scoot. They could have got any of these guys. Um, so <laughs> I think it was a mistake for their for their previous leadership, you know, of course, to continue to try to hold on be that mediocre team and of course to give Beal that no trade clause Mm because that limited their options because he could essentially veto any trade that you know he he went to the Suns because he wanted to go to the Suns it wasn't because that was the best offer out there so wish they would have done this a little bit earlier but I am glad to see them start start that rebuild and you know it'll be interesting to see where it ends up you know they had the the John Wall years which kind of bled into the Beal years um which they were exciting for a while, but they've kind of just been that really like middle of the pack, mediocre team. Um, and it's kind of exciting to see them, you know, get a fresh start coming up here soon. So, uh, and, and as a part of that fresh start, of course, y- you heard that they got Chris Paul earlier on um, about 20, again, like about 20 minutes before we record this podcast, we got the notification that Chris Paul has been traded actually to the Golden State Warriors. For and the Wizards received Jordan Poole. Um, they received a protected. I don't know, you know, what what protections are on that. I don't think it's come out yet. But a protected 2030 first round draft pick from the Warriors. Um, they got a 2027 second round draft pick, and they got Ryan Rollins, who was a second round pick from the Warriors last year. I don't think he has played at all for them. Um, besides in the G League, so. This one, I think we were talking a little bit before the podcast about some of our some of our thoughts, and I think this one maybe might be the most shocking out of the three. I, I, it's tough to say, but I, I think it would, and maybe the one that we have the most questions about. So I'll, I'll open the floor to you, um, so you know you can share your thoughts on this Chris Paul to the Warriors trade. Uh, you know my my opinion was that the Warriors were uh, I, tanking and trying to save money before this trade but now i'm wondering if i don't i don't know what they're trying to do you know what i mean i think it not sorry the the wizards uh i don't know what they're trying to do by bringing in jordan pool it doesn't make any sense because if they were trying to like tank and maybe save money they would hold on to chris paul and then just let him walk in the offseason i i don't i don't understand for the warrior side of it i just you know so i was looking through you know, the feed and like the, the statement that was put out was, you know, like we actually want to keep Chris Paul, like we're going to play with them. So I just, I don't know. And we had this conversation before, like what is Chris Paul's role going to be? I, I is Steph going to play the two now? I don't, cause I think that's what they might do. It sounds weird, but cause he can, he can play off ball, but I mean, again, then so you're now, now you're looking at a team defensively that 
they they can't like I don't, you know like this might be a worse defensive team than than what the Suns are going to be like not you know Chris Paul can play some defense but he's he's older he's not going to be able to play you know 36 minutes of hard nosed defense mm-hmm. like Steph's not really he can play a little defense but he's not really known to be like you know a top defensive player in the league if if Clay was 100% like he was four like three or four years ago then okay yeah I could see that's their defensive anchor. You know what I mean? He was a really good three and D kind of guy, but they still got to bring back Draymond. What does Draymond want money wise? And like, is that even feasible? And they have Andrew Wiggins on the roster. So that's another thing. Where does Andrew Wiggins play? Does Andrew Wiggins move up to the four at six, seven, six, six, six or whatever he is. I don't, they have come apparently Kaminga grew <laughs> on like, he's like seven, he's like seven foot now or something like that. So maybe they found their new that's their new center. I, I don't I don't know. This is so weird. Like you're paying a lot for Chris Paul to either come off the bench or you're shifting everybody. I I just don't I don't know. Be the ultimate small ball. And then with randomly Kaminga who grew seven inches in the offseason, apparently. <laughs> I don't this one's so weird. And I I know that you know Jordan Poole just had a, didn't really have the best season last year, the best playoffs. I get that, but you couldn't get anything else for him. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like you, there had to have been a team out there that was like, yeah, we'll take that guy. Like, you can't tell me that the Mavericks didn't want him or you couldn't go to your best friend, LeBron and see if the Lakers wanted him, mm-hmm. And maybe you got like D Russ back or something. I, I don't know. Or like you were able to get bridges out of it or maybe Rui Hachimura, you know what I mean? Something something that was worth the the trade. I don't, those are just two. I don't know. Those probably wouldn't have happened either, but I, I don't know. It just doesn't, it's such a weird trade in the top 20 protected pick in 2030. I mean, that'll just, that'll probably go back to them because by then they're not, they, there's no way that Steph and Clay are going right. to be there. I mean, we're in 20, that's seven years. I mean, I guess Chris Paul seems to want to play for another 10 years. So maybe he's still there. I don't know. This is, this is mind boggling. I don't really understand it. I think we'll have to see what the Warriors draft looks like if they have any picks and then if what their off season looks like. Cause I just don't, I don't understand. Also, how did the wizards trade for Chris Paul and then in a separate trade, trade him to the Warriors? I thought you weren't allowed to do that. Is there just, um, is there just no rules in the off season? I think the offseason is different. I think that, like, recently traded restriction maybe is only during the season. Um, yeah. I'm or maybe, not, it has I'm to be, maybe it has to be within a certain window or something like that. Right, right. I think there is, I think there is a, a window there. Because I thought they would have had to work out, like, a, you know, work it into the deal that they had already done. Right. Because that's what like... it was. They were talking about trying to do that originally. And then it came out that, like, this was – a completely separate deal that it wasn't, you know, yeah, a four team trade or whatever. Um, I, I don't know. Can can you make sense of it? I, I just don't. It doesn't. <laughs> um, like I just don't get it. Here's the sense that I make out of it. I don't know if it makes a lot of sense basketball wise, but the the sense that I got from it is, um, we saw this off season, Bob Myers, you know, who was the GM of the Warriors during their their entire dynasty. Um, he, he stepped away from the team and then was replaced by their current GM, which is Mike Dunleavy Jr. 
I believe he was just internal. I think he was, you know, uh, somewhere in their their basketball operations field. Um, but we know Jordan Poole has a, a pretty big contract, um, especially compared to how he played in the postseason. And so what I think it is, is, you know, we see this with with owners. We've seen with Matt Ishiba, you know, of course, from the Suns, new owner comes in, uh, makes a lot of changes. I think this was kind of a similar deal in terms of the GM, though in that I think Mike Dunleavy was like, hey, you know, maybe he didn't want to give Jordan Poole that contract. And he was like, you know, I don't think Jordan Poole is worth it. You know, maybe he just didn't want to deal with that long-term, uh, you know, hundred what $128 million contract for four years with 123 of that being guaranteed. So almost that whole contract is guaranteed. Um, so, so I think he's just trying to move off that contract and – kind of saw, okay, Chris Paul is out there. You know, we've seen Steph play really well off ball. We know Chris, we don't, we're not going to need Chris Paul really to score a lot. We're going to want him to set up. So, you know, I think maybe they, they see that working out with Steph playing off ball and, and Chris, um, you know, feeding, feeding Steph, you know, getting maybe Clay some open shots. I, I do wonder about, I think we talked about, like, we wonder about what this starting lineup would be. I don't know. Um, do you I, do you think that Wiggins is the next to go? I mean, actually, I don't. I don't know. It. I won't say I can really see this happening before it happens, just because it's he's been there so long. But I. This makes me think it might be more likely that Draymond moves on from the from the Warriors, um, just because. You know, obviously, Wiggins a little bit younger had a really good run, their last playoff run. Um, they have Kevon Looney, um, who obviously isn't the same type of player as, as Draymond, but he can fill that big man role for them, you know, especially the rebounding portion of it. And Draymond did a lot of their setting up for Steph. And, you know, mm-hmm. if Clay's going to take that role, or sorry, Chris Paul's going to take that role, I don't know. I don't know where that leaves Draymond Green. And uh, I've been hearing a he he did decline his player option, so he's he's going to be a free agent this offseason. And I heard a lot of, you know, chatter about, you know, of course Draymond had a lot of success with the Warriors, but just the way Draymond is, like, do you think he'd want to try to go somewhere and show that he can do something, whatever it is, you know, that he can be successful without Steph Curry? Because I think a lot of people think, uh, you know, Draymond Green's kind of rode Steph's coattails a little bit. And so it would be interesting to see, um, especially if there's a team that can give him more money, right? Which I think there there is probably. Um, but where if though? It, like, I heard I heard someone bring up Houston, which doesn't seem to make a lot of sense at first. But Houston is kind of definitely transitioning from that rebuild until trying to complete compete. They need a veteran player. Um, they need some defense. I mean, especially. But I don't. But I don't know if he's that guy. Like, because we've seen what happens when he tries to push young guys. <laughs> to right. Be, you know <laughs> what I mean. So like, I don't. I just don't. I don't know. I mean, I the team that kind of comes to my mind for him is obviously either the Lakers. He's not going to be able to get thirty million dollars a year with them. He's going to have to take a pay cut. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes well, LeBron now. Apparently, yeah. After after all their rivalry, he's they're like best friends, I guess now. <laughs> or or the Mavericks maybe. I Maybe can see the, the Mavericks. 
because he can um, he can still play that like pick and roll. He can set up. He can help set up Luca in those you know situations. I don't know if Luca is necessarily a better three point shooter than Curry is, but Luca can hit the three. Yeah. Um, and I think that would give them another veteran presence, another really good defensive anchor. And I just I just don't see another team where he fits. I mean, unless like unless Portland's like, hey, we see an opportunity, we want to keep Dame, we can draft maybe Scoot. Um play those two together and have Draymond and, and go ahead and make a run at it. But I I just don't, I don't know. It's definitely yeah. interesting. I, I've heard the Lakers and I get that being, you know, he has that relationship with LeBron now. I just think the Lakers went so long having such bad spacing with Westbrook. And then you're going to have, you know, if, if Draymond goes there, you're going to have AD who really hasn't been able to space the floor since the bubble. You're going to have LeBron who is, hasn't been a consistent three-point shooter especially at the end of the season last year and then Draymond who can't shoot but to that be fair they a lot of pressure on they Reeves haven't found or... like a yeah but they haven't found like a, a big that can actually play center for them you know what I mean not necessarily that like Draymond's like a big big but he can play center yeah and that's the thing is like you know being because I think he's only like what like six eight six nine or something like that so he can he yeah. can play center for them and then that gives the opportunity for AD to play more power forward which means he's going to be able to be be able to be more on the outside be more consistent um i don't know i mean if, if they can get him to take a pay cut for like a year or two and then if they can get Kyrie to come in take a little bit of a pay cut i don't think he will but if they can do that i mean that's a team that that would be competitive but i just don't see that happening i don't know i, I think like, it's uh the mavericks uh, i like that fit just a little bit better mm-hmm. um because obviously you have luca and, and Kyrie. well potentially Kyrie coming back at I, I think he probably will be back just because they're going to be able to offer him the most the most money out of out of contending teams because um, I think they have some sort of you know bird rights or something on him mm-hmm. and there was also that rumor that he was trying to recruit LeBron to the just Mavericks <laughs> which obviously that's not going to happen but I don't think he would try to recruit LeBron to the Mavericks if he could just you know mm-hmm. go to the Lakers so. Yeah, I think he sees something there, and and I like Draymond that fit better because they do need a big guy. They do need defense. I don't think they're going to bring back Christian Wood. Um, I, I don't think that's likely to happen. The only other big man they really have on their roster, well, two is Maxi Cleaver, who's not really a big big man, and then Javale McGee, who like he's not a starting caliber big man in this league anymore. So. I would like that I, fit with Draymond there. I, um, I I think that they should let Kyrie walk. I just don't think him and him and Luca can play well together. I think Luca needs to be the primary ball handler, and everybody else needs to play off of him. Um, so like I think Kyrie walks wherever he goes, he goes. I think Draymond's a good fit for them. I think also like as annoying as he is, like Dylan Brooks would be a fun guy to put in that situation too, having him and Draymond green in the same spot. Draymond <laughs> Draymond can kind of teach him how to talk trash without being arrogant. Yeah. Um, and then you just get two like, you get two like irritants with, you know, Luca, that's just going to kind of draw that attention off of Luca. So Luca mm-hmm. can just ball out. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's necessarily going to help them win a championship this year, but I think it would be a good start and they can kind of build around those, those guys and try to figure that out. But I think Kyrie, ends up in a different spot where he goes. I, I don't, I don't know. I <laughs> mean, there's, <to> say. <laughs> there's, there's not really a good spot for him. Like, I, I don't know. Detroit. 
(laughs) That's also like kind of why I just feel like he comes back because I don't think there's a lot of other great options out there. And conversely, like I don't think the Mavericks have a lot of other great options. Um, There's, I don't think even if they let him walk, I don't think they have enough for. And this free agency class is, I mean, he's one of the best free agents in this class. Um, So that's why I just wouldn't do it. It's it's such a headache. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's like, like, is it is it really, is it worth it? Is it worth it to to have him there to score? 25 points a night like you're not going to win very many games and then he's just going to be annoying so like i would just let him go you know what i mean and and then realistically he's just going to end up on the lakers so yeah i mean it's going to be lebron Kyrie, and ad and then they'll just fill out the rest of the roster how they want but i think ultimately what i would do and what it ultimately probably comes down to is (laughs) you talk to luca and you say what do you want to do you want to bring back Kyrie?" Where do you want to go with this, you know, in terms of our options that are that are realistic? Because really the Mavericks should be just doing everything. If they're not going to be able to win a championship right now, which I don't think they will be able to next year, they just need to do everything in their power to keep Luka happy. <laughs> so, um, But uh, I kind of didn't talk about the the Wizards side of of this trade, which I, which I do want to touch just on them getting Jordan Poole. Um, he does have that big contract. Um, but at the same time, I think it makes sense for them to take that flyer on him because he's not a guy that's gonna. He he's not a guy that's gonna. Adding him to the team is not gonna allow you to tank. Like, he he's not gonna turn around the the season enough to where they can't tank. Now their draft pick next year, I was looking at it because I originally saw they it showed they didn't have a draft pick, but it's I think it's lottery protected next year, which they'll most likely be in the lottery, so they should be good there. Um, and you know I think. We've we've seen Jordan Poole like just last season. There was a lot of talk about him being, you know, the next Splash Brother, and he was playing really well. He just he just had an off year, so you know if he can get some things back and they can kind of start their rebuild, even if obviously he probably won't become their best player after you know at least I'm sure they probably hope he's not their best player after they get some better picks and younger players. Um, you know he could he could help start their. Re- rebuild where they're not completely depleted but at the same time they can still tank for you know draft position next year so i i do kind of like that for them and he does have a big contract but it's not like he's on like a max he's not gonna be on like a you know Jalen brown type Mm -hmm. contract next year or anything like that so what about i mean we talk about the trade deadline for the wizards i think is going to be very active this year too but i mean what about another quick trade before the draft happens and I was just thinking about like realistically th- good fits for Jordan Poole when it came to moving on from him because I don't I think they let him shine go out there be like hey just score a bunch of points do your thing and we'll try to move on from you or whatever at some point unless we catch fire or whatever mm-hmm. but I'm wondering like if Toronto would be a good fit for him because Fred Van Fleet opted out yeah. Um. He can go there and be their number one point guard. Um. Play with Pascal, uh, their rookie that they got last year, or the year before. I forget his name, but Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes. Yeah. And I just don't because that's the only team to me right now that would seem to have the cap space, and then would be an opportunity for him to go there and be a productive starter at this point. Um. Because I, I just guess... don't think there's really another spot right now. Yeah, I could. I would actually be. 
I think I would actually be more likely to see that, or I would think it might be more likely to see that if the Raptors actually end up moving on from Pascal, because there's been some rumors about, you know, them trying to trade him to the, to the Blazers um, for that number three pick. Um, you know, of course the, the Raptors got a new coach this year. Um, there's been a lot of talk about them kind of rebuilding this, this off season. So maybe if they send out Pascal and bring in pool, he's still young. He's 24, get that third overall pick scoot or, or Brandon Miller, most likely. Um, and then kind of go from there at that point, they probably end up moving on from like OG and OB as well, which they could probably get some more draft assets for. Um, so I, so I could see that. Um, I, I don't know who else might be interested because I don't think like the Blazers would trade like the third pick for Jordan Poole or like, and, and that just doesn't really make sense. But I don't, I don't know who else might be interested, but there has been a lot of talk about a lot of teams potential movement in the, the draft in terms of moving picks. So it's certainly possible. And <laughs> yeah. the, the only, the only other team would be like, would be a th- like the Lakers couldn't get Kyrie and they didn't really believe in D'Angelo Russell. Like Jordan Poole yeah. would, cause he, he really wouldn't be like running the offense. Wouldn't be too much on him. He could be right. a more off the ball, you know, catch and shoot defensive kind of guy. That'd be a good spot. I mean, I guess if the Mavericks were desperate, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying to think Watch. of like teams that are in the competitive market at this point, like, cause the Cavs are out, the Knicks mm-hmm. are out. Um, I don't think the Warriors are going to bring him back. Okay. I mean, I guess the Clippers lost out on Malcolm Brogdon, but they already have so much money tied into yeah. Chris Paul and Kawhi. I just don't know if they can make that work. But, I mean, it'd be worth it. They they kind of need more help. <laughs> I, but, I mean, other than that, like, I, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> Miami, maybe? Like, you move on from Kyle Lowry? I don't... But at that point, it's like... I feel like Tyler Hero is probably already better than what you're going to get from Jordan Poole, or is at least very similar. Unless, um, unless you're going to require Jordan Poole to then run the offense in Miami, so then you'd have, you'd have a, you know, your starting lineup would be Poole, Hero, Butler, whoever you wanted the four, and then, bam, you know, you'd have a lot of money tied up into those guys, yeah. but you you you'd be able to go out there and hopefully compete for another championship. Yeah, be a pool and a hero together in the backcourt defensively, I think is not great though. I mean, of course you do have Jimmy Butler and Bam who are great defenders, but even so, but, like, but nobody cares about defense now. Like, if because if you can just if you can score, like I said, 120 plus points a game, like, I, yeah, what's the but point? like even the last game of the finals and it ended up 94 89. Like, that's not the norm, but defense is still that's just that's just because Miami doesn't have like doesn't have that many true like scores. You know what I mean? And, and Tyler right. Hero was Tyler Hero should have never even played in that game. He just came back for like a prayer to see mm-hmm. if he could spark something. You know what I mean? So like right. realistically the Nuggets were like, we're just gonna slow it down and we know that they can't outscore us if we slow it down. You know what I mean? They can't catch fire. So Yeah. I don't know. If if you could get a guy that could catch fire and Tyler Hero who can catch fire who comes back healthy, like Teams aren't going to be able to slow you down. They're going to have to keep up. And then, like we said with the Suns, how many teams can really keep up? Like, like at that point, like LeBron's not scoring forty points every night anymore. As much as we would love him to do it, and Anthony Davis isn't that kind of a guy, so the Lakers aren't going to be able to keep up. And I, I don't know. It'd be interesting. 
when you said pool going to the Lakers, uh, it, it made me chuckle because we also talked about Draymond potentially going there. So imagine they just get reunited, but on the Lakers. Well, that's the thing uh, too. I was thinking like, oh, like Draymond, because when 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 Draymond opted out, I was like, oh, the Wizards are making you know all these moves to kind of bring in veteran guys. Yeah. Um. Maybe maybe they maybe they want to stay competitive, but also right. try to get some draft picks and get younger and. And kind of build this culture of winning and bring those young guys in. So, because I think everybody saw like Houston, they were just like, they didn't really, they got all the young guys, but they haven't fostered that culture right. of winning. Detroit yeah. has been in this purgatory for years because they haven't fostered this culture of winning. Yeah. And I'm, I was wondering, like, okay, maybe they'll sit there and be like, let me get Chris Paul, Draymond, a bunch of these other older guys, let me get a bunch of picks. And then let's like be competitive, at least, you know, fight for a play in spot. And then we can kind of start drafting and and bringing in young guys and kind of reset next year going into free agency, but you know bringing in Jordan Poole now I'm just like, do you bring in Traymond? But that still would be a good fit if they wanted to be competitive, like bring back Kyle Kuzma, <laughs> yeah, bring in Draymond. You know what I mean? But bringing in a Jordan Poole to me almost feels like they don't want to completely be garbage. You know they still want to at least compete a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe, uh, or maybe they just have no faith in Jordan Poole. <laughs> that, that's possible. And although I do, although it would be funny, I don't think any team is gonna reunite Draymond and, and Poole after what happened last year. But you know, you never know. Um, <laughs> I did, I did want to ask just one really quick question. Um, maybe just like top of the dome. But I think the biggest question going into the draft tonight, here in a couple hours, is really around Portland at that number three pick. Um, you know, it kind of seems like the options are keep the pick, you know, draft, and then Dame might request out. Dame has said he wants to, you know, be a championship contender. I don't think that's going to happen with the third pick or trading it um, to try to get some more help around Dame. So I guess what do you think they do or what do you think would be the best option for Portland um, tonight with that three slot? That's a good question. Um. I don't know. I don't know. I'll just say I I think they should just <laughs> like the like I said about the Wizards earlier. I think they should just. I I don't think you're gonna win a championship at this point with Damian Lillard and anyone that you could get for that pick. So I think they should just blow it up and and if, especially if they can get Scoot Henderson at three, um, you know I think they just blow it up and and trade Dame and kind of do a fire sale and and tank. That's what I would do for them. Um, yeah, I would, I would try to get as many picks. Here's, here's the thing that was like, just where, where do you send him? Because th- this is what I feel like too. I know, I know it's a business and you don't want to be sentimental about everything, but for everything that he's given to you, you're mm-hmm. just not trying to send him. Cause like for me, like business wise, I would look at Orlando and be like, do you want Dame? Cause you have two, mm-hmm. you have two top 15 picks at this point. And I would take that and maybe a couple other picks in the future. And then that means I can go out there. I can still, I'll still have the three. I have the six and I have the 11 and then I have future draft assets. Um, And that's, I mean, you're, you're going to be able, you'll, you'll find somebody in those three picks to be your franchise guy. And another one of those guys is going to be a really good player for you long-term. Mm-hmm. But do you, do you do that to a guy like Dame and is Orlando in the market for a guy like Dame? So I I just don't know what you do at that point. I mean, because San Antonio is not going to not draft Wimby. So you're not, it's not like you're going to build up. Right. Right. I guess 
I guess unless you you can convince them that you could give them the three and Dame and that's enough, I I just don't think so. At this point, everybody is so you know fascinated with what Wimby could be that they're willing to take the risk on that number one. I don't think Charlotte makes any sense. I mean, I guess pairing him with with Lamelo could be interesting. They do kind of have new ownership, so I guess not new ownership, but somebody else just became the majority owner of it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I for for me, I think the most realistic options that I've heard out. Well, the most realistic option and the option I hear a lot, I think, is Miami. Um, that would be essentially it, you're really more for the picks if you're Blazers at that point. It would probably be something like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and five first round picks. But six why first round picks. though? Why would you do that if you're Miami? Like. I, I, I mean, I think, think their so. thought is like they were right there and they if they get a guy like Dame to score, you know, but they, you're they losing, need a scoring. You're losing all your depth. You're losing what, like, realistically, I think, do I think you were a Tyler Hero away from winning the finals? No, but I just don't know if, like, getting, getting rid of, like, all your role players is really going to be... And I don't know if they have the draft capital to really make sense for Portland. I mean, that's that's the only thing like right now because Portland, because Portland does have the twenty third pick as well too. So I I don't know, man. I mean, I know a lot of people were looking at the Lakers a couple weeks ago as a spot, but I just don't know what the Lakers could give. I don't think they have enough. No, un- unless think- unless like Portland's just like, hey, like I said, they they want to do right by Dame, and they're like, where do you want to go? Mm-hmm. Dame's like, I want to go you know, where I could win. And then you're kind of looking at teams that he could do that with. And I just don't know outside of like, if you look at the top 14, New Orleans might be a spot where you're like, okay, at the 14th, can I give you Dame, get the 14th pick, maybe a couple other assets in return Mm -hmm. that still gives them, you know, multiple first round picks. We kind of talked about Toronto maybe rebuilding, but maybe Toronto says, hey, let's give Pascal and Dame a chance to see what they could do in the East. I don't know. Oklahoma City, but do you pair SGA with Dame? Does that make any sense? Probably not for right now. Honestly, Uh, though, like now that I said it, like Orlando, like Orlando makes sense draft capital wise because they could do it. And you pair him with what, Chet? And or um, is it Chet that's there? Who's Chet's there? on the Thunder. They have Paolo. Paolo, that's Boncaro. Paolo Boncaro. Yeah, Boncaro yeah. Sorry, yep. whatever. Super tall, lanky <laughs> dude that was drafted in the first three picks there. But I mean, I, I mean, Orlando makes sense because you could get you could get the draft pack capital back, and I think if Dame's on Orlando and and those guys are healthy, maybe they could compete in the East. I, I don't know. Dallas is a top 10 pick, but then again, you're just doing what you did with Kyrie and Luka, and does that really make sense? Washington's sitting there at number eight. <laughs> maybe maybe Portland goes, hey, give us number eight in Jordan Poole, but then what is yeah. Washington <laughs> really doing at that point? I don't know. I don't think Utah is going to be a spot where – Ames gonna want to go. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. The one it, other one that I that I was thinking of, and I don't know 
I'm trying to look at how many picks they have to make this possible, but would be really, I'd be really interested to see it is uh, 76ers, especially, I mean, if it would probably have to be if Embiid ends up going back to the, or not Embiid, if Harden ends up going back to the Rockets, um, Dame and Embiid, um, well, it looks like they have, looks like they could send a 2023 or no. Uh, they don't they don't have a lot of picks so it would have to be like Tyrese Maxey and you know I don't I don't know but that would be one that would be that I'd be interested to see um but that I don't know there's not a lot of options and it, I again I wouldn't bet on Portland trading Dame until it happens because we've heard a lot of rumors for so many years about it potentially happening and it hasn't happened yet so I mean I guess let's let's do this on the flip side you know I know we don't want to take too much time on this, but let, let's say they keep Dame. It's not even on the table for them to trade him. The packages really don't make any sense at this point because of the new CBA. So there's really not a place for him to go. Um, and all the teams that are competitive don't have any capital left because they've gotten rid of it all. Mm-hmm. So what can you get for that third overall pick? Realistically, like who who do you send that to and what? package can you get from that to help out dame and put a team around him that could compete for a championship this year so the one that i've heard most often i think i i mentioned it was pascal siakam i i still don't think that's enough to get a championship but i think that's one of the best players you can get the other one i've heard some rumblings about is that well there's been some rumblings that the Pelicans are uh, not too happy with Zion and interested in in trading him for for something. So if they could get Zion along with Dame again, I the West is just so stacked. So I still don't know if that's enough. But if that's the route they're gonna go, that's probably the best trade you can get. But there's so many factors in terms of you know Zion's health and and everything else. But those yeah. are the two that I've kind of heard that I like. Um if if I'm if I'm gonna go to New Orleans, like if I'm Portland, I would I would look at Brandon Ingram before I looked at Zion. Yeah. And, I, I would and that think, makes sense too. Yeah. I would think like Brandon Ingram and if New Orleans gave me the fourteenth, you know what I mean? And maybe some some other couple picks that would be thrown in there. But yeah. You'd have to get a little more. It's still it's still I don't know if that would really fix a lot of the problems, but I just I you either you either have to go win now or you have to rebuild. And I just don't know where they're at at this point because right. you you could draft a guy like Scoot, but then where does he fit next to Dame and then does that really help them win now? I, I don't know. Right. So Exactly. I mean, I'm trying to think of like I don't know. Like Miami Miami would be one that like if Miami could get a hold of the third overall pick and draft a guy like Scoot Henderson. Not that that really helps them, you know, right now, but that frees up some cap space for free agency that maybe they could go out and pick up some guys. So maybe maybe Portland looks at that and says, you give me, like, you give me Hero, Duncan Robinson, a lot of your role players for that third overall pick. Frees up some cap space for Miami. Miami could draft Scoot, go out in free agency, build around those three guys. And then I just hope don't that think that's for enough. Portland that that solves their problems. You know, like yeah. I don't think Tyler. I don't think Portland is Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson away from 
competing for a championship. You'd have to get more. I, I know that. Yeah. I just but don't, like I, even then, like just guys on Miami, you know, like I think Portland really need they would have to get like an all star, at least caliber player, and and it'd have to be someone that does something different than Dame, like because those are those other guys are scorers, you know. Hear me out. This guy just said that when he retires, people are <laughs> people are going to oh. say that he changed the game. <laughs> So, I mean, I think that they would have to give up more than Carl Anthony Towns, but I don't think much more. And Carl Anthony Towns gives you an all-star level guy who can play next to Dame. Um, And I think realistically, Minnesota, I don't think they have a pick in the first round. Looks like they gave it away. (laughs) Oh, to Utah. That's right. Because of Rudy Gobert. Gobert. Yeah this man um <laughs> but hey maybe hear me out the third pick bring in rudy gobert and carl anthony towns possible i mean that yeah maybe maybe, maybe a couple anthony picks. edwards is still young and you know they yep. they've made it pretty clear they want to build about him so and you could you could get a guy like scoot that could play well with him um you move you just you just admit that the rudy gobert trade was probably the worst decision in <laughs> franchise history Cat is pretty much past the point where you could really build around him and trust that he can be your your number one superstar on your team. Not that he's not a bad player. It's just you got to move on from him. Portland will look at that and be like, we can get two really good quality players, one who still could play at an all-star level. And Rudy Gobert, I think he still can be really good defensively. Um, mm-hmm. He's just not going to be able to score for you. But you don't necessarily need a guy that can score. You need a guy that's going to be able to hopefully – be a body on Jokic at this point or Anthony Davis. Yeah. So that would be that would be like a Hail Mary type thing. You bring in yeah. those two guys, maybe a third person from Minnesota or whatever, and Minnesota just goes into rebuild mode because I don't know, at this point I just don't see them really <laughs> being <laughs> right. you know all that right. successful. But that honestly that one's not too awful. Yeah. That's definitely interesting. That's definitely interesting. It would I'm not exactly sure how the contract, you know, all of that cap space would would fit in. I'm sure they'd have to throw in like Yusuf Nurkic and which that's fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's not the guy right now, but um if that could work, I mean, that that is interesting and I think that's one of the best deals you could get if you're really committed to trying to compete with Dame at this point. So, I like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah, I don't know. Like we kind of talked about, they're either going to have to trade Dame or trade that number three pick, or I, I mean, I guess they could just draft somebody and yeah, figure it out after that. I don't, I don't know. I guess I just feel like that's like spinning the wheels and just you know wasting. I feel like that's like a uh, essentially just what the Wizards been doing the past couple of years. You know, like yeah, I think Dame's better than Beal, but they'd end up around that same. You know, maybe sneak into the play in. Probably not though. They'd be in that same boat probably. So I mean, unless the guy they get at three is just a stud right from the start, but yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know, know that that's. I know that Dame said something about Brooklyn, but I saw that too. But I just just what do you, what do you get back in return from Brooklyn? I don't. And then because well, you they'd have to keep Mikhail Bridges to be competitive enough, you know. So like yeah, and then also like if because I feel like they just didn't even use Cam Thomas after he kind of went off, right? You know what I mean? Right. So maybe that's a guy they're like, okay, we don't even see a future with you here. We'll move on from you. And 
I mean, they do have they do have two firsts this year, so that could be. They have two firsts and a second this year that could be a part of the deal. That Cam Thomas, and then maybe some future assets, and they paired Dame yeah. with that young core. But then he's yeah. just kind I think of that right would back be a fun he, team, but I just don't think they have enough. Yeah, like, he's, he's just right back where he was in Portland. Yeah, and I just don't know who else you go out and get that would make sense. I mean, unless. Unless the Nets are willing to go out and get like Pascal, yeah, you know what I mean. Pair Pascal with Dame, but it's just how many, how much they have all that stuff from the Kevin Durant trade. So right, I mean they could realistically and then make a run at it, but it's just I don't know. Right, right. It's a, it's a it's, lot of moving pieces. It it certainly isn't like I know a lot of people said going into this off season it wasn't probably going to be too exciting because the free agency you know class wasn't great but we've already had a lot of movement and i think there's definitely going to be some more uh you know pieces to shake out with this so we will definitely keep watching uh and seeing what happens especially with the draft coming up in a couple hours here um and you know we'll we'll pop into your guys's feeds every couple weeks to to let you know our thoughts on everything so this has been another episode of of nothing but net presented by deep dive sports thanks everyone who listened And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to another Deep Dive Sports show. Make sure to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow our YouTube channel for more amazing content. Lastly, make sure you leave us a comment. We love hearing what you have to say. And as always, until next time, Deep Dive Sports listeners. 